Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. What do you call a superhero team where only one member is named after a bird? Why the Birds of Prey, of course. And your geek history lesson on the Birds of Prey is now in session. Hello and welcome to Geek History Lesson. I'm Ashley Victoria Robinson. And I am Jason the Falconer Inman. Welcome to your (laughs) mind university because we have brought to you a bird-themed podcast because we are Geek History Lesson. We are the place called The Mind University, in case you don't know, because this is the podcast where we take one person, one team, one concept from pop culture, and we teach you everything you need to know about them in a little bit less than an hour. And today, we are talking about the birds, the birds of prey. And why are we talking about the birds of prey on this lovely Geek History Lesson episode, Ashley? Well, because this episode will be coming out a few days before Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey, Fantabulous, Mystical Adventures, whatever that movie title, the Birds of Prey live action movie. It's, fanta- it's like the, fa- the fantastic emancipation of Harley Quinn. Yeah, something. But like Birds of Prey. We're birds just going to call it Birds of Prey movie. And, um, uh, and uh, bringing back a joke from one of our OG Robin episodes, Kaka. Yes. <laughs> now, if you are new to the podcast and you're listening way past of the release of the Birds of Prey movie. Hello, future people. Hello. Um, but also, just want to let you know, we have not seen the Birds of Prey movie. There will be no spoilers for the Birds of Prey movie. This is just a comic book refresher. Mm-hmm. So you can walk into that Birds of Prey movie and you can be like, oh, I know who Black Canary is. I know who Huntress is. I know who Cassandra Kane is. We're not talking about Bad Cassandra Kane. <laughs> um, also, I want to say welcome to any new listeners that might be listening to us as part of the Collider Podcast Factory hey. feed. So welcome. By the way, we have a whole 294 other episodes, episodes that you can go check out. Geekhistorylesson.com, of course, on Apple and Spotify, everywhere you listen mm. to podcasts. You know, maybe with a can and a string. I don't Incl- know. Including, we have episodes on the three mainstay characters. We're talking about Birds of Prey, the team. We're not going to go much into their individual characters, but yeah. we have lessons on all three staples of the Birds of Prey that you can go back and check out. Black Canary. Yep. Huntress. Yep. Who's the other one? Barbara Gordon. Ooh, we have a Barbara Gordon episode. Yes, we do. That was where we started doing Geek History Lesson Extra. Our first Geek History Lesson Extra was on Barbara Gordon. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. All right, so let's move into this lesson because, again, we want you to be ready for that Birds of Prey movie. And we're going to be making lots of bird jokes. So, Ashley, let's jump into the 10-cent origin. Actually, Jason, before we do that, we have TAs. We have so many TAs. Stop. Stop the bird right now. Stop the bird. That's what? a bird stop. Okay. What is a TA? A TA is a teaching assistant, and these are all of the amazing people who on social media requested this 
episode. Ashley, you're speaking crazy talk here. Are you telling me that we have a place on the internet where people can go and request future geek history lessons? We have like a hundred places. You can go to geekhistorylesson.com, facebook.com slash geekhistorylesson, or on Twitter at GHL podcast. Really request it through the official channels. It just makes it easier. Okay, awesome. Who are the birds of prey? My university students that requested the lesson on Birds of Prey. So today's TAs include Trevor Garner, Grod Frankenstein, Adam <laughs> Meifert, David Portnove at Black Crow 521, Mark A. Smith, Nathan Hartwig at Micronic 420, Packy Morin, Foreign Press Comics at King underscore Hermes 89, at Joel the Geek at M. Ziranifani at super underscore unicorn 16, Sean Ferreira at script John at J Ponce 78346, Cruz and Garza, Martin Sanchez at Harry Spears, Geeks with Shields podcast at Faulty Wizard at Psycho Red, Benjamin L. Ackers at The Salty Buy, Melanie Millington, Nick Joseph, Nick Aronowski, Michael Ray Scott, Jacob Westfall, James Finneran, and Joshua Van Dyne. All requested birds of prey. That's a lot of birds. It's so many birds. This Birds of Prey team is uh, almost 10 times the size of the Birds of Prey team in the comic books. Yeah, okay, cool. It's really cool when so many people request an episode, so thank you to all of those TAs, and uh, please be sure to take notes from the back for the lazy students. Yeah. Now, Jason, we can Mm -hmm. move into the Tencent origin. What is that? The Tencent origin is the first section of our podcast where we're going to teach you everything you need to know about the Birds of Prey in case you get invited to a Bruce Wayne cocktail party. You got to watch out because Bruce Wayne's going to come up to you. He's going to flirt with you. Yeah, I like he's, your shoes. He's going to act like he's interested. And then as soon as the bass signal goes up, he's going to run out the door. But when he does that and you go over and talk to Alfred Pennyworth, you can tell him who the birds of prey are. So the birds of prey are, of course, a DC Comics superhero team. They were created by Jordan B. Gorfinkel, all time great name, and Chuck Dixon. Their first appearance was in Black Canary slash Oracle colon Birds of Prey number one in June of 1996. A one shot. Uh, yes. And their bases have been Ariel One and the Clock Tower. Their members have included not all at the same time, but some variation of Batgirl, Black Canary, Huntress, Lady Blackhawk, Big Barda, Jade Canary, Gypsy, I apologize for saying that. That's the character's name. Hawk Girl, Judo Master, Manhunter, Kate Spencer specifically. Misfit, Hawk, Dove, Black Alice, Power Girl, Vixen, Starling, Katana, Strix, Condor, Catwoman, and Poison Ivy. Ooh, I didn't know Poison Ivy was a Birds of Prey. Oh, we'll talk about that. Okay, but let's just make this clear. No Harley Quinn. No, well, we'll also talk about Harley Quinn a little bit toward the end. Oh, okay. Cool, 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 cool. And from October 2002 to February 2003, there was a short-lived live-action show starring Ashley Scott, Dinah, me, Rachel Scarston, and Mia Sarah. Ashley Scott reprised her role as... Uh, Black Canary in the Crisis on Infinite Earths crossover event. And then the, the woman who played Oracle also Voiced reprised a voice. Oracle, yep. yeah. mm-hmm. um, and various incarnations have appeared in the Arrowverse with Katie Lotz and Katie Cassidy taking on the role of Black Canary respectively and Jessica DeGau as Huntress. And... They, too, appear in the Black Canary, or I'm sorry, in the Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. That is the movie title. Uh, the roles will be played by Margot Robbie, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, Journey Smollett-Bell, Rosie Perez, Ella J. Basco, and Ali Wong. And that is your Tencent Origin on the Birds of Prey. Cool. Now we're going to move straight into the Meet Cute, where Ashley and I are going to reveal where we first meeted and cuted the Birds of Prey. It's a term we stole from romantic comedy. So, Ashley, mm-hmm. very intrigued by your answer. Where did you first meet the Birds of 
pray. I think if you've listened to this podcast for most of the almost 300 episodes that we've done, you know that I only have about five different answers. Walmart. Uh, no, that's a Jason answer. Oh, okay. That's Who, on the bingo card, though. Who's Jason? Uh, you're Jason. Got it. Uh, Jason is the uh, is my handsome co-host. Ooh. He kind of looks like Commander Riker. He sounds like a blowhard. Uh, no, he's really great. I love it when he sings. <laughs> and one of my answers is that I started reading the Chuck Dixon Robin series. Um, yes. Not Are the birds of prey in that? Not when it was being published in the 90s, but a little bit later, I bought a lot of the back issues. Yes, yes. And you know what? Robin, Tim Drake Robin, and Nightwing Dick Grayson appear throughout Chuck Dixon's Birds of Prey series. And I really liked uh, the Robin series, which kind of led me to everything else Chuck Dixon was writing in the 90s. So the first time that I met them as a team was in that OG first series from the 90s, penned by Chuck Dixon. I, In my opinion, it remains the greatest Birds of Prey series published to date. There's lots of other really good ones, but it's my favorite one. And that was where I first met them, although I first met some of the individual characters in different places. Mm -hmm. Now, Jason, where did you first meet and cute the Birds of Prey? So I talk about, this is a common answer for me as well, I talk a lot about a 90s periodical magazine Yes, magazines, kids, or mm-hmm. things that have, you know. They're like, often like comic books. They're not, yeah, <laughs> they have articles inside. They're not like books, and they're like comic books. But there was a legendary comic book magazine named Wizard Magazine that was also published. Also on the bingo card. Yep, was, <laughs> was, you know, again, it is the entertainment tonight for poor kids who couldn't buy all the comics. Because Wizard Magazine would just spoil all the comics, and me as a poor kid, I would just buy Wizard Magazine and be like, yay, I know everything that's happening in the DC it's Universe. Like very much the CBR, but in print form. Look, it is, it is it a great it is a, an amazing magazine that has never been replaced. I don't think mm-hmm. any website has ever replaced that magazine. And if you're out there looking for your billion-dollar idea, there it is. Replace Wizard, Wizard magazine. magazine. Nobody's done it. Anyways, Wizard Magazine, one of the greatest things about it, and where my knowledge for all comic books came from was Wizard Magazine. Because Wizard Magazine always had these great sections where they would suggest stories or issues that you might not have checked out. I first heard of The Birds of Prey. Because at the time, I was reading the Nightwing solo series Mm -hmm. written by Chuck Dixon. Mm -hmm. Again, Chuck Dixon, everybody, wrote Robin, Birds of Prey, and Nightwing all at the same time. And it was, and Batman. And Batman, At the same time. And they all intermixed. And it was truly such an amazing Batman family. It's my favorite Bat family. My favorite period of Batman comics as well. And DC Comics. Mm -hmm. Anyways, Wizard Magazine suggested about this storyline called The Hunt for Oracle. Oracle. Which becomes, uh, in the now collected edition, that's volume three in the yes. Birds of Prey series. And there is a couple issues of Nightwing that are part of this. now. Yes, and the annual, which we're going to talk about. If I remember right, and I might be spitting it wrong, and you don't have to correct me because I'm certain you're going to cover this in, mm-hmm. your, in your lesson. Um, the idea is that nobody really knows the identity of Oracle. We won't get into that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, it, yeah. and one of Nightwing's villains... Mm-hmm. Decides mm-hmm. he figures out that there's an oracle out there, and he goes on in the attack, and so it becomes Black Canary and Nightwing racing to save Oracle. Mm-hmm. And Wizard Magazine, the thing that caught me, and we'll talk about this, is there is a panel of I don't I don't think Greg Land drew this, but for some reason my head is telling me it's Greg uh, Land. It might be. It's probably Gary Frank. Um, no, I think it's I think it's Greg Land, but you might be right. I'm sorry. Anyways. It's Black Canary. It's the very end of the story. Oh, we're going to talk about that panel. <laughs> okay. I'm just going to say it. Black yes. Canary holding Oracle. Yes. That was the image they shared yeah. in that magazine. And that was the image where I was like, 
I got to read this book. Mm-hmm. And so I did. And uh, that is the first time I ever read The Birds of Prey. And it's like an all-time great. It's yep. a beautiful, beautiful yep. panel. And it's an amazing Nightwing story as well. Yes, so, it is. Um, so that's how I met and executed The Birds of Prey. Okay, so before we get into the History 101, which is the main meat of the lesson, yes. I do want to reference, especially because we have so many new listeners, mm-hmm. uh, because as Jason mentioned, we are now in the Collider podcast. Yes. Um, we named a lot of TAs at the beginning of this, and that is because Geek History Lesson is very much a team effort. We look to you, the listeners and the audience, to tell us what you want to hear and to let us know what segments We're you want. We're a true want. university. We're we, a group. We are. A school. Uh, and you are a very much a part of making this show week to week, even if you don't think you are. And another thing that Jason and I do is we make our own comics. Yes, and we create our own comics. We yes. create our own comics. And right now we are running a Kickstarter for Jupiter Jet and the Forgotten Radio, which is the second volume in our Ringo Award nominated series. Mm -hmm. And we can only make those comics through the power of Kickstarter. And so not only is Geek History Lesson a family effort, but Jupiter Jet is too. Yeah. And when it funds and when that book is made, it is a victory for everyone who ever believed in it, everyone who ever liked it, anyone who ever shared it. And we want to say that we are so thankful to you. And if you haven't checked out Jupiter Jet and the Forgotten Radio, consider checking it out. Consider joining the Jupiter Jet family. There's lots of reward levels where you can get the book, you can get the past story, and there's ways where you can more directly become a part of the book. And that's something that we really want people to do. First off, you can check that out at jupiterjetcomic.com. Mm-hmm. It's very simple. We also have links on our Twitters. But I want to say one of the cool rewards that you can support the comic book with is there is a reward perk where you can advertise on this This podcast. podcast. We've never done that before. But if you have a YouTube channel, a podcast, a book, a website, anything, 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 anything you want to do, you can get that reward level. You'll support a comic book. But also you'll get a advertisement on this podcast and a lot of people just like you will hear whatever your thing is because we will make it sound really cool. But I want to say um, the only reason we made Jupiter Jet 2 mm-hmm. is because many of you that listen to this podcast asked us for it. Yes. So again... This number one thing we're asked at conventions is when is is volume two When is Jupiter Jet coming back? And we finally were like, I guess we got to bring Jupiter Jet back. (laughs) Um, We'd always planned to, but we brought her back sooner than we actually had intended to. Mm -hmm. Um, So we're uh, so happy all the support we have over there. So even if you have no interest in comic books, you're just listening to this because you want to tie into the movie, please go over and check out jupiterjetcomic.com. And if you cannot donate to the campaign right now, that's perfectly fine. Give it a share on Twitter and Facebook because, again, it shows our comic out to people who have maybe never heard of us or never heard of our comic, and it makes a huge difference. So uh, we're really excited about Jupiter Jet because it reminds us of, like, we were just talking about Robin and Nightwing and mm-hmm. all these 90s books. Those are the stories that we're chasing. Those are yes. what we're trying to aim yes, for. Yes, those are our holy grails. That's what Jupiter Jet is. JupiterJetComic.com. It's a 17-year-old girl with a jer- excuse me. It is a 17-year-old girl with a jetpack who is flying into space because she wants to save the universe. She's got red hair, so she's actually yep. a lot like Batgirl. It's on the Bird's Prey. It's Rocketeer meets Men in Black. So go over there and check it out on Kickstarter. Uh, it'll be on there until about February 23rd, I believe. Mm-hmm. And uh, every dollar counts. Even one dollar makes a huge difference. 
So yeah, we know you're mine university students, but consider becoming jet setters. There you go. A term coined by the amazing Scott Mance. Thank you, Scott Mance. All right, so... Now that you know all about Jupiter Jet, we're going to teach you all about the Birds of Prey in the History 101. Question. Answer. Is Jupiter Jet one of the Birds of Prey? You know, when DC Comics comes to us and offers to buy Jupiter Jet, like they bought Wildcats, Which a Jason Inman favorite, yep. uh, I will insist that she is on the Birds of Prey. I'm, you can hold me to it. I, you heard it here, folks. Uh, Jupiter <laughs> Jet, but a future member of the Birds of Prey. <laughs> future girlfriend of Tim Drake, maybe? Putting that out in the universe. Uh, so, Jason, what is History 101? History 101 is where Ashley is going to begin the character history of the birds of prey or the main meat of the lesson, as we like to say. It's the it's the it's the it's the ham in this ham and cheese sandwich of a podcast. Yes. There you go. What's the cheese? Hmm? What's the cheese in the ham and cheese sandwich? Oh, that's my jokes. Oh, OK. <laughs> so when the birds of prey. And the bread is their headphones. Get it? What kind of bread is it? I mean, I'd like to, you know, Sarah Lee makes this amazing multi-grain wheat bread. It's delicious. <laughs> okay, great. Now that we've constructed. <laughs> or the, or it's a, could be a Hawaiian roll. I think it's maybe a I've Hawaiian roll. I've never had a Hawaiian roll. What? We don't have it in Canada. we got to stop the podcast, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Hawaiian rolls. This is the content you came for. So when Birds of Prey first started, there were not Hawaiian rolls on yeah. panel. Oh, I was going to say there were Hawaiian rolls <laughs> in the world. <laughs> But it's kind of existed forever. <laughs> but there was just Barbara Gordon Oracle and Dinah Lance Black Canary working together to take down a fictional dictator of a fictional DC country. Okay. I got to stop you here. Yes. I'm brand new to this podcast. I'm brand new to Birds of Prey. Who the hell is Black Canary and who the hell is Oracle? Oh my gosh. Um, I think we should set the stage. So Barbara Gordon was the first. Well, she was technically the second. She was the first just, bat girl. She's the first bat girl. First bat girl. She's the one with red hair. Mm-hmm. She's the one from the, the TV The daughter of James show. Gordon. Commissioner. And in a very famous Joker-centric story called The Killing Joke, uh, the Joker, being a complete dickhead, shot her and paralyzed her. And then she became Oracle. Oracle is, to borrow a term from uh, Into the Spider-Verse, the man in the chair. Fun fact, Oracle first appeared in the Suicide Squad comic book. Yes, she did. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she used, Barbara Gordon's uh, a librarian. She's highly, highly intelligent. She's probably the smartest member of the Bat family. Mm-hmm. So she used her incredible uh, computer skills with a lot of help from Tim Drake, who we see helping her wire up the clock tower uh, to become... The persona of Oracle. Oracle is a mask. Oracle has a voice altering but tech. Min- and Oracle yeah. mm-hmm. becomes uh, the the data and the person who assigns all of the info yeah. and all of the um, assignments to members of the Oracle leads the Justice League. If you if you well, that's not technically correct, but um, she's a powerful member yes. of the Justice League. But um, fun fact, if you've ever watched CW's Arrow, Felicity is, is, Oracle. is basically a carbon copy of Oracle. Okay, so Black Canary, I believe the simplest explanation is her name is Dinah. Is she Drake or Lance? She's Dinah Lance. Dinah Lance. At this point. And she's basically the ex-girlfriend of Green Arrow. Also, she's the ex-fiance of Green Arrow. In this continuity, one of the founding members, members of, of the, the Justice, Justice League. League. Yes. yes. So there we go. Now we know who they are. Now we can move on. There you go. So they kind of team up in this one shot to take down a fake dictator of a fake country. This is pretty much all the birds of prey get up to. They taking are down dictators? mostly taking down fake dictators from fake countries, which is really interesting to me. These women have never previously met each other. They don't even really 
like each other. And Barbara is intentionally keeping her identity secret, even though she seeks out Dinah to be her boots on the ground, fists in the fight kind of person. And Dinah is stuck trusting this voice coming through this mysterious earpiece that she has. Yeah, they never and this meet. this necklace that she has um, to make sure that she comes out of these situations alive. So there's a lot of trust that's going on between the two of them in the beginning. Again, that's the coolest thing about this book and the beginning. The, the coolest thing about this group is that it is a thing that Dinah has no idea who is Oracle. Oracle is just a voice that talks to her and hires her. Yeah. Uh, in an interview with Comics Bulletin, writer Chuck Dixon described their dynamic like this, quote, Dinah's more idealistic approach is at the heart of this book, end quote. And I find it interesting that he only views Dinah as the idealistic one, because I find the relationship between these two and their respective approaches to justice to kind of be the opposite sides of the same coin. The reason that they keep going after dictators and they keep going to these foreign rundown fictional countries is because they're kind of the bleeding hearts of the superhero scene at the time and they're going to places that nowhere no one else is going to and they're doing things that no one else will do do they ever make uh, a stop at Equatorial Kundu they do not mm, that's a deep cut for all our West Wing fans uh, out there that's not a DC Comics reference and Jason and I really like to talk about the art on these books and most of these issues are drawn by Gary Frank who's of course this really excellent artist and since we started making comics of our own I find that I've noticed different details than I did when I was a casual reader and I was first reading Birds of Prey as an actual child most of the issues in the uh, Chuck Dixon series are colored by a woman named Gloria Vasquez and she brings a really unique style of coloring. It's very soft and ethereal and the characters kind of look like they're glowing. And this is on top of Gary Frank's art? Yeah. Hmm. Even in these like brutal, brutal fight scenes and I think that her colors really elevate the art and they bring like a truly feminine quality uh, that I really didn't think I necessarily needed. I think her coloring on top of Gary Frank's art make these characters feel sexy and strong, not one or the other. Like, Dinah often, to me, looks like a Barbie doll who could just kick your butt, and I think that that's so cool, and I so love it for this early series. I'm going to share some of my favorite panels. Um, Please do. First to the Patreon, and then on Twitter at GHL Podcast, because I was screen capping so much of it in my research. It's oh, yeah? So gorgeous. Nice. Yes. So, Jason, I want yes. to ask you, in the beginning, in do you, the beginning, do you know where the birds of prey are based out of? Uh, ooh. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Because they are based out of two cities. Um. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 
With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm going to say Gotham City. You are correct. They are based out of Gotham City. Okay, because I know where they moved to then. Um, It is initially kind of Barbara's safe house. They work out of her apartment a lot. And mm. then they do eventually graduate to the Gotham Clock Tower. Yes. And a lot of people like to credit their working out of the Clock Tower for inspiring Smallville uh, yes, later because on. The Smallville Justice League uh, exists out of a clock tower. It's funny. Arrow also does a clock tower yes. motif in um, season one and two. Chloe Sullivan mm-hmm. in Smallville almost becomes an oracle basically becomes an oracle very much like Felicity CW likes to activate that trope yeah but I mean but not with Barbara Gordon but just make a Birds of Prey show I mean well we tried and it didn't work yeah uh, look I still think there's room for it and I would love to see it that show is not great Uh, I've watched it we'll pin that because we're gonna I'm gonna ask about you you about that later but let's not ruin the stick around okay in the first volume uh, the team is like I said, is basically this partnership with Oracle and Black Canary. Although Huntress, uh, who is Helena Bertinelli, who is this auxiliary member of the Bat family, and Catwoman. I'm assuming most people here know who Catwoman is because she has populated Selena pop culture Kyle. so much. They do show up at various times for various reasons. Huntress actually becomes a recurring member of the team uh, later on and then a full-time member, although Catwoman never really shows up for more than like one arc at a time. Okay. Interestingly enough, uh, Oracle is really anti-Catwoman being part of the team. She does not want Catwoman working with her operatives. She does not trust Catwoman. And I think this is really fascinating because... She kind of shares the same attitude that Tim Drake Robin does during Batman Hush uh, when they're like testing Catwoman to see if it's okay to let her into the Batcave. I, I mean, does that... I To me, that tracks because you got to think about it. Barbara as Batgirl, probably fought Catwoman a lot. Absolutely. And I was actually going to ask you because oh, I, I know if people I go... I jumped the gun. It's okay. People go way, way back to the Tim Drake episode that I taught uh, in our early days. I want to ask you... Um, Let's go. At this time, you, you so you think it is fair that Barbara doesn't trust her? 100%. I think, I, I think Barbara would probably have a hard time trusting any former Bat villain. You know, because you, again, you have to think Batgirl and Catwoman faced off like you know they well did. and especially because they were like the two most prominent yes. women in that universe for a long time so the easy answer is to have them fight so each she other. would be the one that would automatically be like no mm-hmm. Catwoman cannot be on my team I cannot trust you Catwoman I agree um, and especially even though Huntress has killed people <laughs> yeah well I, I feel all kinds of ways about Huntress but um, especially at this time in the late 90s uh, Catwoman was very much still a villain she hadn't and really Catwoman had a solo title at this time as well yes she did uh, she had that great purple costume yep. it looks so awesome the long leggings yes and Jim Ballant drew that book uh, did he really yeah it's great what a so great, good what a he, great pull Jim, for you. Jim Ballant it might be ballet. I, I think his last name is Ballant. Anyways, 
I all, also taught our Catwoman episode. All those classic Catwoman covers <laughs> mm-hmm. of her like with the smile and the tiny eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, Jim yeah. Ballant. Ah, good pull. So if, you, if you've if you seen like a classic image of Catwoman in that purple costume with the long black gloves or leggings, yes. it's, it's I guarantee you it's Jim high, Ballant. the thigh high yep. drag boots. Mm-hmm. Uh, Huntress does stick around a little bit longer than Catwoman after their first one-shot adventures kind of as a quadrangle because the birds of prey are attacked by Lady Blackhawk and it conveniently turns out that Huntress has a vendetta against Lady Blackhawk. So her and Dinah kind of stick around to take down Lady Blackhawk. I want to throw this out there. Lady Blackhawk is sort of an offshoot of a classic Golden Age DC title called The Blackhawk, yes. which was a bunch of dudes who flew a bunch of planes to fight supervillains in the war and they were called The Black. She also, in my estimation, because she does go on to be a regular part of the Birds of Prey series, she feels like a kind of low rent version of Lady Shiva, if I'm going to be honest. Lady Blackhawk does? Yeah, I always thought that. Oh, weird. Um, because it's like, oh, she's kind of a martial artist and she's kind of this badass and she's kind of quiet. And I'm she like, just sort cool, of Lady of, Shiva does that, but it's more interesting. She just sort of comes off as a valet to me. And then mostly that is because her, her costume is you yeah, know, yeah, a hat. Yeah, and yeah, I, yeah. I kind of want to be like, bring my limo around. <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. And the Chuck Diction original series, uh, like I said, is focused on this partnership. They are often put up against, like I said, fictional dictators in fictional countries, which I want to say is an homage to their first one-shot adventure. But when you sit down and you read all of his issues like I did, it's weird to be like, we have done this four times now. Uh, and I don't know how much more I can see Dinah walking through like a, a ruined African countryside and children with her bloated stomachs. Like it's... um. It's very sentimental in that way that you don't necessarily get from a lot of other Bat Family books at the time. Well, Ashley, I got to tell you, Mm -hmm. us Americans here, you're Canadian, but us Americans here have to really watch out from all these weird dictators out there from these fictional countries. They are going to take away our way of life. And I thank God and I God bless America that the birds of prey are there to protect true justice in the American way. I don't know if that's what they stand for. I think that's Superman's motto. Okay. Then I thank God that the birds of prey are out there for slightly above board mercenary work. Uh, that's fair. <laughs> and there's actually and I don't a know why scene. I sounded like Tex Willerman there. Um, we'll talk about Jason Bard in just a little bit. But there is a scene between Dinah uh, and Jason Bard where he's kind of like, why are you doing this? Why are you a vigilante? You're very capable. You could do anything else you wanted. And Dinah very much states that, like, I am here to protect women and women's interests. And Jason Bard says, OK, so if a man and a woman were hanging off a cliff, you would save the woman first. And Dinah's like, yes. Like, Dinah is coming from a very um, proto modern feminism standpoint. And I kind of think that's a smart point of view to have for Birds of Prey because it is an all-female team, but I also appreciated um, that we had a man who is a heroic character being like, hey, check that look, a little I, bit. look, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dinah's answer actually is the correct answer because the woman would be lighter, so you'd be able to pick her up. Well, first they don't say that. And, right? They're talking more about and, the and you're gonna need more strength for the man. So of go. course you do him second. So actually, it's a tactical move. Yeah. So take that, Jason. Bob. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there is another strong theme other than the sort of altruism that runs throughout the first Birds of Prey series, and that is romance. And that is because Dinah is coming right off the death of. 
Oliver Queen. In fact, she calls Oliver Queen a jerk a whole bunch for breaking her heart and also because he cheated on her a bunch. Oliver Queen, of course, is the Green Arrow. Yes. And fun fact, guess who was writing Green Arrow this time? Chuck Chuck Dixon. Dixon. (laughs) If you want to know more about this, you can check out episode 34, which is the Green Arrow episode taught by Jason. Or I actually think you can go back to a much more recent episode, episode 269. That is our Green Arrow Quiver episode, also led by Jason, uh, that deals a lot with the resurrection of Oliver Queen and his tumultuous relationship with Dinah. My name is Oliver Queen. And I'm dead right now. He's caught doing it. <laughs> he is. Uh, he's completely dead this entire time. In the wake of the death of Oliver Queen um, and Barbara being shot by the Joker, both of their love lives are a little bit broken. Mm-hmm. So, Although like, Barbara being shot by the Joker was a ways down the road. Was a way. It was a ways ago. Yes, but they both use because Barbara uses. They we'll use get that into pain. it. Yes. Uses the fact that she's in a wheelchair to build these walls around her. Um, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, I mentioned Jason Bard earlier. Jason Bard gets reintroduced towards the middle of the series. Jason Inman. Who is Jason Bard? If I remember correctly, Jason Bard is a Batman supporting character that's sort of just a smart detective. That private detective. That Batman sometimes is like, I can't figure out this case. I'm going to call Jason Bard, P.I. Do you know how he relates to Barbara Gordon? It's okay if you don't. Are they cousins? Uh, They are formerly engaged. They were engaged, and she broke off the engagement. Oh, I don't count that in my head canon, so um, whatever. But it's important for the sake of this. So I agree. Sure, I don't. Sure, I sure. don't put it in my head canon either. But that is uh, why I'm bringing it up. So Fair. Jason Bard and Dinah meet out in the field in a fictional South American country, trying to take down a fictional South American dictator. Equatorial Gundu. Uh, I didn't write down the name of it. If you hand me one of the volumes sitting on the desk, I could probably flip through and nope, tell you. No, it's going to be called Equatorial Gundu. It's not, but okay. Um, so they they wind up. This fake dictator is dealing in human trafficking and he kind of has this farm that he is putting people on and then they're dying and he's not paying them enough. And so Dinah and Jason meet because they are both investigating and trying to take him down separately. Dinah initially thinks Jason is an enemy and they try to escape together and Jason is blinded in their escape plans. And they're really, really attracted to each other because they're both uh, cut beautiful blondes. But they don't really pursue a romantic relationship in the aftermath, which I kind of wanted them to. I kind of thought it was really interesting, their dynamic. Uh, But Jason does reconcile with Barbara Gordon after he's been blinded. Um, He's going to wind up being cured. It's only a temporary blindness. They begin a tentative friendship um, and put to get to put to bed the matter of their previous engagement because They broke up before Barbara uh, had her run in with the Joker. So when he learns that she's been uh, paralyzed, he understands that she has put up these walls and that's why she's kept him at arm's length. And that's why they haven't been able to reconcile. And this will lead into some of the Nightwing issues that come up in a little bit. Yeah. And it leads actually directly into the all-time best comic book annual of all time, which is a Birds of Prey annual, and it has Nightwing and Batgirl on the cover, and they're swinging on a little circus thingy, and it is... Trapeze. Thank you. I couldn't pull it. I was like, that circus thingy, a trapeze. Thank you. And it is a date 
but like an unofficial date. It's a dinner. He makes her fly. Between Dick Grayson and Barbara Gordon at Haley's Circus, which Dick owns at the time. Dick Grayson, of course, the original Robin, now Nightwing. Sexiest of all Robins. Yes, the um, best Robin. Who was an acrobat working in Haley's Circus with his family, the Flying Graysons, and they died there mm-hmm. very tragically. Um, and they're, they go out to dinner and then they go to the circus and Barbara says, like, that's what I, he says, what do you miss about being Batgirl? And she says, I miss the moment when you jump off right before the line snaps and he's like well we can do that and they do it and it's like it's so it's so beautiful and it's so meaningful and then Barbara kind of freaks out because she thinks that Dick is making fun of her and this annual really shows how hardened Barbara has become since her accident and why she keeps pushing people away there's this running theme where she says I don't have handles on the back of my chair for a reason because she doesn't want anyone to help her and I find this issue and this story so sad because I love Dick and Barbara's relationship and I so badly want them to be married but it also makes a ton of sense why this rift would exist between them at the time and why Barbara might feel offended even though Dick is only trying to do something nice for her and the reason that this issue I think has resonated with so many readers over the years is because it illuminates why Barbara created this Oracle persona I mentioned that Oracle is this mask with an altered voice it puts her in a position of power above some of the most powerful people in the DC universe even though she's keeping them at arm's length and that is the crux of the Birds of Prey series that culminates in the storyline Hunt for Oracle. Okay, before we get to Hunt for Oracle, mm-hmm. um, do you remember the number of that issue that you were just talking about, the annual? I thought... If, if, if you don't have it, that's fine. It's no big deal. I don't. But uh, we're going to share this on our Twitter, so it's no worry about the issue, um, because this cover is one of the best covers of all time, and I'm going to say this right now, it's one of the best comic books of the 1990s. I think it's the single... We'll put it on our Twitter. Don't worry about it. I think it's the single greatest like annual that's, yes. that's ever happened. Yeah. Uh, I want to say it's number eight, but I don't know. I'm don't sorry. Don't worry about it. It's I, fine. I didn't write it down it'll, because the cover is so iconic. It'll just give everybody an excuse to go follow us at GHL Podcast. It's all good. There you go. So Hunt for Oracle, Jason mentioned this earlier. Hunt for Oracle ties into uh, some Nightwing issues around the, in the mid-40s. I think it's like 43 to 48 or so. And it's a bunch of birds of prey issues. And it's because not only is the American government trying to, they've been chasing down Oracle for a while because Oracle is using a lot of their systems. Blockbuster. And Blockbuster, who is kind of Nightwing's like OG original rogues gallery member. He's not, he's not really. Or he's the best one. He's not really Nightwing's OG because actually Nightwing's first villain is actually Two-Face. No, that's true. Uh, No, it's Two-Face. Um, and then it's Destro. I guess I think of Blockbuster is, as the OG because he's the first one who was originally create. Like he doesn't no. inherit him from someone. No, else. Blockbuster is a Batman villain. Is he really? Yes, he is. I thought he was a Nightwing no. villain. But in the '90s, the reason why you think he's a Nightwing villain is because Chuck Dixon in Nightwing solo series really tried to give Nightwing his own rose gallery, mm-hmm. and he made Blockbuster the kingpin. Yes, very so, much so. So yeah, Blockbuster. Blockbuster is now considered to be. Nightwing's like main nemesis now mm-hmm. because of the solo series. So up to this point, 
you know, for like 25 issues, Barbara's been siphoning money away from Blockbuster's yep. various accounts and they can't figure out who it is. So they hire Mouse and Gizmo to track her down. The American government is tracking her down at the same time. She winds up being kidnapped. And I do want to say, by the by, that this Birds of Prey series really goes out of its way to show us that Barbara maintains her physical training and is so smart and so capable that she's able to kick the butt of a whole bunch of characters who try to attack her. People try to attack her on the street. They try to break into her house. Um, and she uses a scream of sticks the same way that Nightwing does and trains the way that Nightwing does because they're very close. And she's really able to defend herself. So it's only when they are able to track her down that Barbara is ultimately kidnapped. And because of the strength of her relationship with Dinah and the strength of her relationship with Nightwing, they figure out that something bad has happened. And it sort of culminates in them trying to hunt her down and figure out what's going on. All the while, Dinah just wants to help her friend who she's never met. And Nightwing is like, I can't. I can't tell you why this is so important and why I have to help her. Yes, because he can't, Nightwing can't tell Dinah anything because if he does, it gives away his secret identity, which gives away Batman's secret identity. Yes, and there are a couple issues earlier on where Dinah will call Oracle and Nightwing will pick up. And Dinah thinks that uh, Nightwing is very sexy because Nightwing is very sexy. It's a scientific fact. As we've said on this podcast, Nightwing is the manbo of the DC Universe. Don't slut shame Dick Grayson. I'm not. (laughs) It is a badge of honor for Dick Grayson. And, uh, Dick Grayson's basically slept with every woman in the DC Universe, with the exception of Wonder Woman and Lois Lane. And probably some of the men. Yep. And uh, it's very funny to me. Be- oh, not probably. Definitely. <laughs> it's very funny to me because... Um, Dinah's always trying to go out with like Barbara's exes like she's so hard trying to go out with Nightwing and she's like she's like Oracle how do you know Nightwing she's like oh, I don't know it's complicated she's like well like pass my number on and Oracle's like no I can't mm-hmm. and so it's kind of fun that in this really emotional moment of very high stakes they're like racing to find her and you know the funniest thing about that I'm sorry to interrupt you okay. is that to me in my head canon mm-hmm. you know Green Arrow and Black Canary are Batman's age yes oh yeah 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 so like to me I think that's very funny. And again, who cares about, you know, in terms of if you're all adults, then it's, it's all fine. age doesn't Abs- matter. Yeah, absolutely. But to me, I think Dinah's got 10 years on Dick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like she is 10 <laughs> years older than Nightwing. At least, yeah, you know? I agree. And so I think that's very funny. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you put the mask on, no one knows. Well, it would be like dating... It would be like dating a contemporary of your dad. Yes. Right? Like a coworker of your dad. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, but, you know, I also think Barbara's older than Dick, but that's a whole other discussion. Mm. Um, so the interesting thing, I think, about the way that the Hunt for Oracle series is written and the way that the stakes are raised is Blockbuster... Uh, And his cronies drag Barbara into a submarine in Gotham Bay. And so she winds up trapped underwater, which can be really problematic no matter how strong you are when you are paralyzed. Because a big part of being a strong swimmer is being able to use your legs. So Oracle goes off the radar. Dinah tracks her the fastest. Dinah tracks her to Gotham Bay. There's this incredible sequence where she's trying to swim out of the submarine. She's like, it's only a 10 minute swim to the top. You can do it like human beings can hold their breath for 10 minutes. And she's about to drown. And a hand plunges down and it grabs her and it pulls her out and it's black gloved. So you don't know who it is. And then it is revealed to be Dinah Lance, Black Black Canary. Canary. And it culminates in this beautiful moment, like Jason mentioned. It's one yep. of my all-time favorite it's the panels. The first time they meet, in they're person. holding yeah. on. The, they're like holding each other on the dock, and like their faces are pressed together. And like Barb is gasping for breath, and Dinah says, "Oracle," 
And Barbara says, no, my name is Barbara. It's nice to meet you. Call me Barbara. It's nice, nice to, to meet you. you. It's and nice the, to meet you, Dinah. It's the first time yep. they've ever It's the first met. time they ever meet. Yeah. Now, there is a chance that they probably cross paths as Batgirl and Black Canary, but like this is the first time that as peers that Dinah and knows as who these that is. personas, yep. yes, that they are meeting each other. And from this point on, they share an even closer bond and a more important working relationship and personal friendship than ever before. And in 2003, Chuck Dixon leaves the book and writer Gail Simone comes on to Birds of Prey. And she is the creator who introduces Huntress to the team in a full time capacity and about six other characters. I think Huntress adding to the team is a good move, though. Um, I sometimes think so, because like in our Huntress episode, um, I like very specific versions of Huntress and I'm not as fond of other ones. And I think when it's a when it's a version of her that I really like, I'm very much into it. And when it's a version of her that I don't like, I am less into well, it, I'm which gonna, is just my bias. I'm going to say that I like it because this That's is the time for action figure spotlight, my friends. This is, a, this is a recurring this, wild segment, sometimes recurring wild yeah. segment where I talk about action figures because I love them. And uh, in about 2003, DC Direct, uh, DC Comics, made a three-pack of action figures, which was of this Gail Simone team. Mm-hmm. So you got Dinah Lance, you got Huntress, and you got a Barbara Gordon in her wheelchair. Oh, Oracle! That's so cool. As Oracle. I've and never it's, seen that set it's before. It's one of the coolest, coolest wow. Three packs I've ever seen because it's the, it's this is what I think about when I see Birds of Prey is, is this three pack and we're gonna share a picture of that on yes. the social medias that we have, um, but it is a thing that um, as far as I can remember mm-hmm. that is one of two. Barbara Gordon as Oracle in a wheelchair action say, figures. Not enough Oracle action figures out in the world. Because I, I bought you the I other have one. The one. Yes, the Ar- you did. <laughs> I bought you the Arkham Knight one. Yes, yes. Uh, which I was so thrilled because they never make her as yes. Oracle. And that's this is the other one, and it would be a great. It's a white whale of. Oh, I've heard yeah. it's very limited. This three pack. I've literally never mm-hmm. seen it before. If you haven't, you want to get rid of it, please send it. To me. <laughs> Uh, in her own interview with Comics Bulletin, Gail Simone had this to say about changing the Birds of Prey lineup: "Quote." In this case, Babs and Dinah respect each other tremendously, and each is capable of great things that the other is not. Dinah's not just Oracle's legs. Sometimes she's her conscience or her muse or her best friend. And Oracle is far more to Dinah than just the mission controller. They trust each other, and out of that, there's a friendship that they believe in. Huntress... I see Helena as someone who is not a loner completely by choice. Dinah is so accepting and so open that Helena sees an opportunity to be a part of something without having to force her way in. There's friction because once Helena puts the mask on, she's really not very good at fitting in. But she likes that they're giving her a chance. Whether she blows it or not, you'll have to keep reading. End quote. And she also uh, later said that the mandate... um, for the way her series shifts tonally came from editor, I think it's Lisa Hawkins, but it's spelled with a Y, so it might be Lisa Hawkins, who said that they wanted Birds of Prey to be tougher and edgier than the previous Chuck Dixon, Gary Frank Birds oh, of Prey series. And that, adding Hunters would definitely do that. Very much so. Um, this also appears to be the same note that they're taking for the movie with the addition of Harley Quinn, but more on that later. Fun fact, it was on this Birds of Prey series, or this incarnation of the Birds of Prey series, that uh, Jupiter Jet variant cover artist and goddess Nicholas Scott came to work for DC Comics for the first time and, and she drew the infamous issue yes. with Nightwing's butt. <laughs> yes. So if you've ever wondered if, if this is if you don't know what this is around the internet Oh, it's the like the number it, one issue it picture of Nightwing. It sort of has see. become this thing it's a, it's a meme. that Nightwing has a sexy butt mm-hmm. and it's like become this joke to show Nightwing's butt. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, Nicholas Scott, uh, amazing artist Nicholas Scott, who, by the way, if you go to JupiterJetComic.com to our campaign, you can get a Nicholas Scott exclusive Jupiter Jet print yes. by supporting our comic. Um, she's a superstar. She's one of the best artists out there. She did a cover of all the Robins, mm-hmm. and the front Nightwing is showing his it's butt off. It's so the best. that comes from this run. Yes, it does. Oh, that's amazing. And uh, Nicholas Scott. Because Nightwing is sort of like almost the supplemental member of the Birds he's, of Prey. He's the boy. Yeah. He's the, the, the like token yeah, yeah, man yeah. on the team. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it really like came to define Nightwing in this really interesting sure. way. And also Nicholas Scott just draws the most beautiful men in comics, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Um, Huntress is introduced to the team in a storyline called Of Like Minds, where Black Canary is captured by Brian Durlin, a.k.a. Savant, and incapacitated. So Oracle has to enlist a, another pair of legs to help her save Black Canary. He wants to unmask the identity of Batman, and he believes that by capturing Black Canary and Huntress, that that is the key to unlocking it, which is a little bit of mental gymnastics, but I get it, because Batman. By teaming up, they're able to defeat Savant, and this cements Huntress's position as a member of the team. Although much like Dinah did in the first series, Huntress does not get to meet Oracle face-to-face for quite some time. Good. And again, much like Dinah in the original series, there is an entire storyline called Sensei and Student that is created in order to introduce Helena Bertinelli to Barbara Gordon for the first time. Here's another thing to know about Birds of Prey series. They all kind of do the same things over and over. What do you mean? Take it down dictators and stuff? Over again. No, so like... Um, Dinah didn't get to meet Oracle for a long time. Oh, Huntress doesn't get to meet Oracle for the first time. Yes. Okay. Uh, we create an entire storyline that's all about these two women meeting for the first time. Um, there's always someone trying to hunt down the Oracle identity. So this spins directly into another story where the United States government is trying to hunt down Oracle. And uh, like the last time this happens... Um, it's also a derivative of the original Chuck Dixon series. Um, in the first Birds of Prey series, there's like this handful of government officials who pop in and out of the narrative in an effort to unmask Oracle. Um, and they are, like I said, the secondary protagon- um, antagonist in Hunt for Oracle. And by using Black Canary, Huntress, and other operatives, uh, Oracle is able to keep the government off her back because they're able to distract them. And they're also able to buy her some goodwill for all this work that she's doing out in the world. By the way, I also want to point out at this point that... Uh, at this point, now Nightwing has slept with two-thirds of the Birds of Prey because Nightwing, <laughs> in a very famous Nightwing and Huntress yes. uh, miniseries, slept with Helena Bertinelli. I hate it. I hate it. I hate yep. it so much. I hate it. Oracle and Huntress have a long history working together as members of the Bat family. Um, and as with Catwoman in the original Chuck Dixon series, Barbara isn't initially thrilled to be working with Huntress and, in fact, only allows her to operate at a, as a full-time agent at Dinah's insisting and because Dinah promises to keep an eye on Helena and to to keep her in line. And throughout this series, Oracle employs different tactics to try and curb Helena's behavior and evolve Huntress into the type of hero that she thinks Batman would want at his side. This eventually drives a wedge between the two characters and leads Huntress to quitting the team for like five seconds, only to be replaced by her one-time enemy, Lady Blackhawk. Spoiler alert, Huntress comes back to the team and works with Lady Blackhawk in many adventures after this. In the build towards the 100th issue of Birds of Prey, the lineup is changed a whole bunch. Black Canary leaves the team to go look after this adopted kid named Sin, who becomes this really silly character in the first season of Arrow, and is replaced by Big Barda, Judo Master, and Misfit. Big Barda is a weird choice a for this very team. very weird choice. Okay. Um, Misfit is kind of Gail Simone's knockoff Batgirl character, yeah, I, who I has think a I, great design, by I the way. I think I know who Misfit is. She kind of only exists in things that Gail Simone writes. 
Um, at the same time, geek history lesson favorite Lois Lane is on the brink of unmasking Oracle and revealing her identity once and for all. And uh, you go, Lois. Has a little confrontation with Babs over this because Lois's number one focus in the DC universe is to unmask the superheroes who keep us all safe. But, but you have to think about it, though. You have to think about it from this point that Oracle is at this point, and we you've told this several times mm-hmm. now. Oracle is. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Strategically operating from a point of not letting people know who she is. It's so. It's the only reason, the only way that Oracle works is if it's the secret yeah, identity. Lois would think that there's the possibility that Oracle's a bad guy. No, no, no. I'm not disparaging Lois for doing this. I just think it's sort of funny that Lois's whole thing for a long time is like, I got to unmask Superman. Superman's so important, but like, I got to reveal his identity. And then it's like, I got to unmask Oracle. And obviously Lois is much more dynamic. Look, also, I also give you this. I don't honestly know if Lois Lane has any idea who Batgirl is. Besides just the fact that there is a Batgirl. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. And in my head canon, Lois does not know. Do you think she knows who Batman is? Yes. She definitively knows that Bruce is Batman. Okay. Because Bruce flirts with her, you know what I'm saying? Um, And she also knows Dick Grayson. Do you think she sleeps with Bruce Wayne? Has Lois Lane slept with multiple members of the Justice League? No. Okay. Um, I mean, honestly, good for her if she Look, it depends on what kind of story you want to tell. Sure. There is a shot that Lois Lane and Bruce slept together mm-hmm. before. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, this is getting to be a saucy episode. A sexy just episode. throwing it out there. Um, <laughs> I didn't realize that, uh, and I didn't intend for that to happen, but it just happened. Um, Look, they're all adult characters. It happened. That's true. Um, <laughs> you know, in my head, canon, no, mm-hmm. because she figures out that something's wrong with him. But she's a very smart and she's very she's good at reading. And she's people. very astute. Yeah. She's an excellent poker player. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. There's an amazing Clark scene. Clark is a bad poker player. He's a t- he can't bluff. No. <laughs> um, there's a, an amazing scene. Oh, God, there's a scene in the 90s. But there, there are like two scenes. I remember uh, there's one where like Lois is playing a bunch of other female characters, the DC universe and poker. Uh-huh. And there's one where she's playing poker with uh, Jonathan Kent and Clark Kent. And oh, in, yes. And, I know in, that and in both instances, Lois like cleans everybody yeah, out. I've no doubt. She's also <laughs> ruthless. Yeah. Anyway, back to Jason and I yeah. could uh, hypothetical could talk about that. We did a Lois Lane episode. It was our episode 50. Yeah. Lives of the DC universe mm-hmm. characters for a long time. Um, after Gail Simone finishes her run on the book, Birds of Prey was taken over by Sean McKeever and later Tony Bedard. Before 
before the series was subsequently canceled in 2009. It was briefly rebooted in 2010 by Gail Simone and Ed Benes, returning to the title that spun out of Brightest Day. But this incarnation of the Birds of Prey was not long for the world because in 2011, the new 52 happened. Jason, what's the new 52? The new 52 was a DC reboot that happened after Barry Allen decided that he missed his mommy too much. He ran back in time, reset the timeline, and when he came back, the entire DC universe was rebooted, sent back to issue number ones, and everybody had too many lines in their costumes. And Superman had lost his underwear. The new 52 Birds of Prey lineup got a lot of press because Poison Ivy joined the team for the first time. And this is the beginning of DC Comics trying to rehab Poison Ivy, Catwoman, and Harley Quinn from being villains into being more like morally ambiguous antiheroes that they are today. Although I would say that that probably started Uh, a couple years before that in their in the series called Gotham City Sirens. Sirens. Yes, you're probably right. Uh, that book uh, is a little troubling when you read it uh, through a modern lens. The book pivoted around Barbara regaining the use of her legs, which I maintain to this day is a story change that I don't like. I agree. Uh, the ability to walk again and taking back the mantle of Batgirl. I think she should have stayed Oracle. I think the idea of Oracle is much more powerful and I love a person who is differently abled being one of the most powerful figures in the DC universe. When Dinah offered Barbara a chance to join the Birds of Prey in a more active capacity, she actually declines this couple issues in, and she suggests that Katana takes her place. Uh, so Katana agrees and is joined by this gun-toting character I'd never heard of before called Starling. Katana and Poison Ivy are not long for the team, however. They both spin out into their own solo titles, and Katana is subsequently recruited onto the then-incarnation of the Justice League of America, and then later the Suicide Squad because movies. Then DC Rebirth happens. Jason, what's DC Rebirth? DC Rebirth is just a rebranding of DC Comics where instead of <laughs> calling it the New 52, they decided to be like, hey, it's DC Rebirth. But they really didn't change their continuity at all that much. Uh, it sees they the just relaunch all the books back to number one. And they I. opened up the continuity a little bit. Yep. Uh, it sees the return of Barbara Gordon to the Birds of Prey in her new Batgirl of Burnside identity that was introduced about a year earlier than that. It's that slick purple and yellow costume. Joining Batgirl are Black Canary and Huntress, my preferred version of Huntress this time. And I, if I'm, if I, am I right? The title was rebranded Batgirl and the Birds yeah, of Prey? Yeah, that was my, yeah. my mm -hmm. next mm -hmm. note. Mm -hmm. says the series was retitled Batgirl Sorry. and the Birds of Prey. Sorry. And is written by uh, the Benson sisters, Shauna and Julie Benson. Mm -hmm. I really love this series. Yeah, it's a good book. Sometimes it gets a little bit silly and a little teen drama-y, but I read all of these issues month to month and was very, very sad when it ended. It turns a lot around the power dynamics between the three core members of the group, Huntress obviously being the more violent outlier, as is her and lot. And this is almost kind of a brand new... This is a rebooted Huntress. This It's is a different character. It's the Huntress character. who was introduced in the Grayson yep. series. Yeah, which is my favorite Huntress. Mm -hmm. um, and Batgirl and Black Canary are trying to temper her and kind of figure out what their dynamic looks like working together. This series also introduces a new character named Frankie, who is a differently abled character who is Barbara Gordon's roommate and co-worker at the time. She takes up the man-in-the-chair role, although she has never called Oracle. And the Birds of Prey face a new foe in their first arc who is using the identity of Oracle but isn't Oracle and isn't sanctioned by Batgirl and they're forced to track down and attempt to unmask the pretender and listeners playing along at home will note that this is the third Birds of Prey storyline to deal with figuring out who is Oracle. It's a cute storyline. I think the end is paid off well. You meet a new villain out of the storyline but it's not exactly original. Do they take down a dictator in Equatorial Kundu? Uh, they don't. They take down a boy. Oh, in 
Equatorial Kundu? In Gotham City. Ah, <laughs> so, dang it. I'm sorry. Uh, there's no dictators really in the um, DC Rebirth version of Birds of Prey. It's a lot more, it's very Gotham-centric. Got it. This series was subsequently canceled, and a new title launched at the time of this recording a couple weeks ago called Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey. Oh, I, it just mm. hit stands uh, in order to encourage brand synergy between comic book shops and cinemas. We're not going to talk about it because we nope. don't want to spoil things that are currently happening. Mm-hmm. But this is the Harley Quinn of it all because um, they rebooted Harley Quinn in the new 52. You can listen to our Harley Quinn episode yep. about it uh, with Jimmy Palmiotti and Amanda Connor helming that. And then they shoved her onto every team humanly possible. And... Um, I'm waiting to see how the movie's going to play out, but honestly, I respect Margot Robbie for making that movie happen. She's a great Harley Quinn. I will tell you this. I have heard that new Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey uh, is heavily steeped in the lore of Equatorial Kundu. I bet it is. I'm <laughs> betting you're absolutely correct. And that is where we're going to uh, end our geek history lesson, our History 101 on Birds of Prey. Woo! What do we do next, Jason? Next, we go to recommended reading. That is where Ashley is going to give you some comic books or some books to read in case you're interested in finding more about the Birds of Prey. Now, just to let you know, our entire list of all the recommended reading we've done for the past 295 episodes can be found at geekestralesson.com slash recommended reading. You go over there. You click on one of those books, it takes you right to Amazon, you can pick it up for yourself, and a little bit of that comes back to the Mayan University. Ashley, what are your three choices for recommended reading? My three choices for the birds of Because I gotta read something before that movie. For the Birds of Prey recommended reading are all called Birds of Prey Volume One. The first one is Birds of Prey Volume One by Chuck Nixon, cool. which is the very first ever Birds of Prey series. Um, it begins with the one shot that I mentioned at the top. This is my preferred uh, Birds of Prey series. The second one is Birds of Prey Volume 1 of Like Minds. This is the Gail Simone series. This is the one that introduces Huntress onto the team in a full-time capacity. And the third one is Batgirl and the Birds of Prey Volume 1, Who is Oracle? Which is the DC Rebirth. This is a more uh, CW version of the Birds of Prey, if that is more to your liking. Uh, it's very, very cute. I enjoyed it very much. So those are all of my recommended reading for the Birds of Prey. Cool. Then, are we going into discussion next, or we are we moving are, on? Well, we're going to have a very brief discussion. Got it. So, Jason, in all the versions of Birds of Prey, yes, the Birds of Prey are pretty much Gotham-centric. Sure. Now, I don't necessarily think of the Birds of Prey as being an offshoot of the Batman family, even though a lot of the, there's a lot of character crossover. Do you think there's a better place in the DC universe for the Birds of Prey to be headquartered? Yes. Where would that be? Uh, their second headquarters, Metropolis. Mm-hmm. Because they, when after... I think it's after the hunt for Oracle. It Oracle is. moves to Metropolis because there's too it, the, like the stuff on Gotham is the stuff in Gotham is too hot. Well, it's because Blockbuster founder yep. found the clock tower. Yep. Uh, he tracked her down, right? Uh so I think she should be in Metropolis um, is where she should be. Um, although, I mean, it's a little crazy. There is something to be said for like maybe Oracle exists in the Hall of Justice. Interesting. Like maybe she has her own office because I like Oracle being part of the Justice League. So do I. But to me, if she's the center of the Birds of Prey, and it's not to say that she couldn't be central to both teams, but I kind of like them being headquartered. I kind of like them as more of a black ops team. Mm-hmm. Or uh, I like them operating a little separate from the Justice League. Sure. I kind of thought they might be interesting if they were based in Star City. Uh, Dinah's hometown. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Maybe they're based out of the basement of Sherwood Forest. Screw it. Let's put them in Opal City because nobody's using that place. Oh, great. Yeah. That's where Starman's Supergirl hometown. shipped off her boyfriend to in season one of the show. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, what comes after the discussion? I don't know. Are we done? Is that yes. the discussion? Yeah, yeah. Cool. Uh, now we go to, are we still doing this section, the teaching tweet? Yeah, we are because people still want it. I don't I don't know if that's true. I asked people on Twitter. Have you done a poll? And they said yes. We're going to do another poll. We did a poll on Patreon and they said yes. We're going to do a poll on GHL podcast um, Twitter. We tweeted and we asked them and we had 35 people who said yes, please. So, so here is my teaching tweet. Okay, so everybody, the teaching tweet is the section that Ashley and that I Jason disagree on. Jason forgets to do so he doesn't like. I don't like it anymore because... <laughs> it was uh, your idea. <laughs> I know, but now Twitter has ruined it. So basically, when Twitter was 140 characters... It was fun. In the, in the doc, All of mine are under 140 characters, in the, by the way. In the doc days, before the Twitter empire, um, we would do this thing where we would basically sum up the lesson in 140 characters. But now that Twitter has moved to... 280 characters. I think this is a moot point, and I don't know if this section works anymore. So, Ashley's going to put up a poll on our Twitter at GHL Podcast. We've done this twice already. Yes, we're going to do it again until I win. Uh, <laughs> do you want the teaching tweet to still exist in Geekish Lesson? So, vote yes, vote no, and that's it. Um, go check that out. Ashley, and 120 characters or less, 140 characters or less, whatever the hell it is. I hate this, this section of the podcast. Um, tweet us about... Birds of prey. Birds of prey. One part bat, one part hunter, one part bird. Add a pinch of anything else and shake for good measure. That's good. Thank you. I, I think we so. should try the teaching gram, the teaching no. Instagram. We should try that. They have unlimited characters on Instagram. That's an even worse idea. Oh, I think that's interesting. No. Dumb. Can, you, can you imagine us trying to describe a picture over audio podcast? Yeah, I think we, it would work. We do it often on this podcast. I do know the bad. next section. The next section is the honor roll. Yes. And this is the final section of the podcast where if you go over to Apple Podcasts and you leave us a five-star review, we will read your review on the air because, if you didn't know this, Leaving a five-star review on a podcast helps that podcast be found in the search algorithm. And you can, you guys can literally write that you hate us, and we will read it. If on, you give us five stars, we'll read it. You read it on the air. And also, we're opening this thing up uh, to international listeners because we can't see your reviews. So if you do a review on an international Apple podcast app, please email us a screenshot of your review to geekhistorylesson at gmail.com. We'll read it on the air. Yeah, Jason's still trying to find someone from Perth. I have yet, look, <laughs> look. I can look at our analytics for this podcast and I know there are people in Perth that, Perth, Australia, that are listening to this podcast. Where are you? I want to hear from Adelaide. That's the murder capital of Australia. I'll take Adelaide. I'll take Adelaide. <laughs> I don't think they're close at all. I don't know. Anyways, we uh, have three people joining who's the joining? honor roll today. First is Two Top, who says, Thank you, five stars. Last summer, when I was touring through Mexico with my Disney on Ice show, wow, who did you play on Disney on Ice? Wow, this I person's famous. I listened to the Spider Man, my favorite episode, and I was instantly hooked. Since then, I probably listened to every episode and loved every one of them. This podcast has awakened my inner nerd and gotten me through some tough times over the past year on tour with my show. I want to say thank you so much to both of you for helping me escape and smile during some pretty hard show schedules. You two are amazing and I can't wait for more. P.S. Wally is one of my favorites too. That's a reference to our best Pixar movies. Good luck on the uh, Disney and I shows. Yeah. Tell me who wow. you played. I want to know. Joining them is also Black Jesus who says, love this show. <laughs> Great name. This show is amazing. I get excited every time I see a new one pop up. From an independent webcomic creator view, I love hearing the book club episodes and what you guys think about each story arc. I usually listen on Spotify and recently became a patron. Oh, thank you for becoming a patron. Black Jesus, what is your webcomic called? Share these things with us. If you create something, share it with us. We are happy 
By the way, that's another secret thing Share we just want to tell you. Like if you if you mention your podcast or your YouTube channel in the iTunes review, we'll we're gonna say it. it. And rounding out our honor rollies this week is one Carlos, who is a good, good friend and supporter of the pod, who says this podcast is what got me into podcasts. Love Ashley and Jason. All my comic book knowledge comes from X-Men Spider-Man, the animated series. Now, thanks to you, I got to know so many more characters I didn't know about. And how now I get to annoy my friends with all I learned from you. That is truly all I could ask for. So one Carlos, Black Jesus, and two top. Welcome to the Teacher's Lounge. Professor Jason, what do they get in the Teacher's Lounge? Well, really quickly here... I just want to say that you are welcome to the teacher's lounge because on the coffee table is a recorder, the musical instrument recorder, uh, because Mr. McCormick is our recorder teacher. He teaches recording? He teaches recording. Do not touch it. But if you're in the teacher's lounge, you can touch it. Also, Uh, by the way. Shout out to the supporter who made the list of all the faculty members of the Mind University. um, I made a note for that, and I feel bad because I meant to write it down and I forgot. So, Ashley, I'm going to ask you that, like, uh, hopefully on a future podcast, we can shout this person out. We'll, we, we'll find your name. We're sorry. Yeah, we're recording this very late. Uh, but I just 11 o'clock at night. Yes. And I <laughs> want to do our time. And uh, I want to say that like that person is amazing and astounding. But we have an amazing my university student that wrote down every every faculty member <laughs> I've ever said and what they teach. And and they said they were going to keep updating it. We will give you a massive shout out on the next podcast, yeah. or as soon as we can. You um, deserve it. We deserve it. But we're going to hunt you down. And I apologize for not having you, but you're amazing. You know who you are. We love Anyways, you. Anyways, uh, don't touch Mr. McCormick's recorder unless you're in the teacher. unless you're in the teachers' lounge. Um, so that's it, everybody. Uh, thank you so much. Don't forget to subscribe and download this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you listen. And also, don't forget to follow this podcast on social media. Um, because you can be like our super amazing TAs, which we're not going to read again because holy good Lord. There were like 30 of you. Um, we love you. We love we you. Love we you, love, love you. We love you. Uh, where can they do that, Ashley, if they want to suggest future lessons like Huntress and We've Jason done Bard? We've a Huntress and... episode. We're never doing a Jason Bard episode. We could. You can suggest future episodes. I mean, if you if you suggest one that we've already done, I'm just going to send you the episode link. Uh, you can do that. <laughs> that's what I do. <laughs> so if that's ever happened to you, that was me. You're welcome. Uh, you can do that at geekhistorylesson.com, facebook.com slash geekhistorylesson, or on on Twitter at GHL Podcast. There's a bunch of ways to contact us in all of those places. And we really love it. And we're so flattered when you request episodes. So please don't stop doing it. Keep up the good work. Don't forget, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Jawin. That's J-A-W-I-I-N. You can follow Ashley on Twitter and Instagram at Ashley V. Robinson. And Ashley, um, we also have a Patreon, patreon.com slash Jawin. By the way, I wanted to let you let everybody know our 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 intern cat, GHL intern cat, Brago, has <laughs> literally, up on the literally hopped onto the podcast table. Um, we both made the same really ugly face and surprise. Almost knocked over a glass of water. Anyways. If you want to see more of intern Brago's adventures, though, you have to support the Patreon because we post all yep. kinds of stuff about him there. Intern Brago, the GHL intern cat, uh, who is... You know, the worst. Anyways, uh, <laughs> he, he does nothing. and We pay him so much money. You don't pay interns. That's why they're I interns. know, but he does nothing for that money. Anyways, um, we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash Jawin, J-A-W-I-I-N. That's where you can support the podcast. And actually, we do a podcast over there every single week called GHL Extra, where you can get more Geekish Lesson. Yes. 
What is today's topic? Today we are talking about who should be on the Birds of Prey. Characters that we would like to see join the team who haven't been featured yet. So if that sounds interesting to you, come on over to patreon.com slash Jawan. And for as little as $5 a month of support, you can get membership into hearing that podcast. Plus the entire library. We have over 200 episodes of Geekers and Extra that you can listen to. So thank you so much for listening. Actually, we're at the last section. Hashtag stick around. Okay. That's where we make sure you stick around through our plugs. We teased this at the beginning. Jason. Okay. Have you ever watched the live action Birds of Prey television show? Yes. Tell us about that experience. It's god awful. Well, I don't think you can say it any more concisely than that. So That's thank you for sticking god around. Awful. I watched the first three episodes of it. When it live when it aired live. Yeah. Yeah. You can watch it right now on DC Universe. I watched half of the pilot. Did you? Oh, dear God. I did because um, I thought maybe I'd talk about it. Did you know they had Mark Hamill do the voice of the guy? I did. Although the guy is not speaking. I feel bad for that actor that played the Joker. Um, And I have to say, I didn't love it. It's bad. Yep. But, you know, good for that actress who got to come back. I mean, the cool thing about that is that they make... Uh, the cool Har- thing about that is Oracle's in it. Well, the cool thing about that is that they make Harley Quinn the villain. Yes, which is Although smart. they never call her Harley Quinn. Smart choice. But it's the first time I think Harley Quinn appears in live action. I think you're probably correct. But they call her Dr. Quinzel. Which, I mean, close enough, honestly. Because sure. there's a book right now that's how that's called Harley and Quinzel. Yep. So, All right, that's it. Yeah. That it? That's it. Cool. That's it for the podcast. Thank you so much for listening to Geek History Lesson. I am Jason Kaka. We didn't do enough bird jokes in this uh, Inman. I am Ashley Victoria Robinson. And Professor Ashley, please close out the podcast. Class is now dismissed. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.